Welcome to The Ledge. My name is Chris Harper, and I'll be your host every week. Every Tuesday, I will interview an artist, developer, or creative mind from the Web3 space. I'll be getting up close and personal with my guests as we explore the emerging crypto art and NFT scene. It is my feeling, along with many others, that we are in a digital renaissance. The emergence of blockchain technology has revolutionized the way we look at ownership, provenance, and digital assets. It is my goal as your host to help shed light on these complex subjects, and even more so, the individuals behind it all who are carving out their place in history here on the ledge of Web3. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Ledge. Uh, I'm excited to be at Beeple Studios today with Mike Winkleman, Beeple himself. There Mike, we are. There we are. Thank you so much for coming on here and decided to talk to me. Thank today. you guys for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've, uh, I've been to uh, three of your events here at your studio. I was curious to know, like, what your perspective on the grand opening was. How do you feel things are going? Good. I think it's been fun to like finally be able to show the people this space just because it's like it's been, you know, so long working on it. And we've been trying to like sort of like keep it under wraps. I know there's a lot of sort of like building in, in sort of like public. But to be honest, that's never sort of what I've done. I've always <laughs> wanted to sort of have people um, experience it a certain way with this sort of like finished kind of like product um and so that's where it's like uh it's it's definitely cool to be able to see how people react to this stuff and like very interesting just to see their their sort of takeaways from it yeah i think for people that haven't been here it's hard to describe this place but you have sort of like a museum space which has got a lot of your works physical pieces your everydays on that huge wall of everydays and then there's this experiential space which is just covered in digital screens which is where we're sitting now yep where, how did you envision this like where did this where did so, this morph from <laughs> so this is honestly pretty much exactly how we vision it when we moved into the space we um we're like okay this side's gonna be this experiential thing we're gonna wrap all the columns with tvs and that side will be like a museum and so it's pretty much exactly how you know how we sort of like pictured things what was your perspective on the on the grand opening? I was here for that. I was really fortunate to be here. It was kind of a who's who of digital artists. I mean, there were, you know, I heard the uh, the private airport was full of planes. Yeah. From people all over the world flew in to come to this party. I mean, it was quite an event. Well, yeah, yeah. It was definitely crazy <laughs> to see. There was there was a couple bill, dollar bills there. Was definitely, <laughs> there was a number of billionaires, and it was just, like, crazy to see you know, this sort of like mix of, of people from the kind of more D-gen world and yeah. people who are on the board of the MoMA, um, sort of like in this same space experiencing this sort of like new thing. But I think to me, that's something that we've, that's really missing from digital art as a whole, because it's this singular sort of like experience instead of this sort of like communal experience that people can all sort of like enjoy at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so I think, having a space where you can bring together all these different kinds of like sort of like groups. And that's something we hope to sort of like do more is bring together different communities that maybe wouldn't sort of fit together as much. 
to a, well, a lot of us, there were in attendance and I, you know, people that I were, was with people that I talked to that were here, other artists, a lot of us felt that it was a very pivotal moment in maybe art history in general. Do you feel that? Is that way on you at all? Um, I mean, it's one of these <laughs> things where it's like, who, who knows, but it's, it felt good to sort of like, you know, kind of finally have this be out in the open yeah. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because I think there's a lot of things that people are sort of touting as moments in art history. Sure. And to be honest, nobody knows. We'll see when time sort of like sorts things out, what are, um, the interesting, truly new, innovative ideas and what is sort of like, nah, that wasn't that sort of like new or interesting. Um, I don't think anyone can argue that your historic Christie sale was pretty like a pretty momentous event in art history. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, that one I think is going to be tough. <laughs> that one I think is going to be like, you know, sort of argue that that was not yeah. uh, the thing. Sure. Did, and that, I, and from my perspective, and I think a lot of people's perspective, that maybe puts you as like a central figure in this like digital art movement. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that, I mean, it's sort of, that obviously caught everybody's attention. Yeah. Um, and sort of, you know, was this sort of like landmark moment, moment that opened it up to everybody. Um, and so I think it's, it's uh, you know, that was definitely a moment that I think looking back, a lot of people will sort of like point to and then seeing what sprang from that, you know, two months later, the board API club sort yeah. of like came out and sort right. of things like that. So I think, yeah, it, it was definitely a moment that I think awakened people to this movement that was going on for like a very long time. Yeah. Um, Were you aware of it for a long time? When did you become aware of? I only became aware of NFTs like four months before that. Wow. Um, and so it's definitely something that, I think it happened very fast. Yeah. Um, and really was this sort of, I don't know, watershed moment that um, I think, yeah, I, I think I did not see coming. Right. Um, and sort of, I could not have sort of like predicted. And so I think it's, there was all these communities of, of sort of like digital artists making this stuff, but it was just not looked at in that light of being sort of like, you know, real sort of like actual art. Yeah. And so I think it was this sort of culmination of this, these communities and these artists that already existed. Right. It's just sort of changing how we kind of like viewed it. And I, again, I also didn't sort of like view it in, that light as well i i sort of i didn't i didn't i always felt that what i was making was art but i didn't realize what separated it from the rest of the art world was the ability to collect it in a this meaningful way so right. then once that came along then um Things got crazy. Things got crazy. For sure. I always ask everyone this same question, and I'm, I'm curious what your answer will be. Do you remember the first thing in your life 
as far back as you can remember that you created that you could point to and call art? Um, that is a good question. Um, not really specifically. I mean, I remember drawing a lot as a kid and then sort of when I got a computer, that was a big inflection moment that I think sort of changed things and immediately it became like, this is the thing, like this is the the thing that really I'm like drawn to and really sort of like want to, you know, sort of create things with. Um, so I think that the, getting a computer for the first time was probably a sort of like bigger inflection moment than, you know, sort of like drawing on my own. And then I sure. think in sort of like high school and middle school, um, I think music was a lot more of a sort of like driver and that it showed me that <clears throat> one person with a computer, you know, could make something sort of that, that everybody saw and like affected. And so I saw this as kind of like an equalizer um, that like really sort of, you know, anybody could take this tool and what can you do with that tool that I saw as being a, a sort of like big moment. And you've seen that, you know, across the board with certain people, you know, what did Mark sure. Zuckerberg do with the computer? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that changed a lot of things. And so yeah. I think to me, it was very evident that this was an insanely powerful tool that was going to like change the world. This is, you know, like 1992, even well before the internet. What do you think about the evolution of AI now? And is that yeah, I something think that you're playing with? Yeah, it's definitely something I've played with. And we've got a couple pieces in the sort of like in the gallery here that, that use AI. I think it's it's very interesting. And I think the conversations around it are, um, they're not very nuanced. And they're not very, they're not thinking into the future of what this is going to be and how ubiquitous it will be in sort of like all different technologies. Right. Um, and I think it's something where people, it's like either it is AI or it's not AI. And like, there's <laughs> right. a bunch of artists who are sort of like, this is AI. I don't like it. And it's sort of like, no, it's going to be like a lot more brave than that. Sure. Um, just recently there was a big dust up over these sort of like secret invasion titles that came out that, for a new Marvel show that right. use AI. Um, and I think it's, to me, it seems a little silly because it's sort of like, this is just AI. And it's like, no, it's a tool. Obviously somebody art directed these things. Right. Each shot in the thing is telling a story. Right. You might not like that they use this tool to tell the story, but this wasn't just like AI where you typed in, Marvel title, and it just <laughs> right. put it out. It's like no, no, but and there's like a credit of like eight people that worked sure. on it. So it's sort of like people acting like this tool is either just like it's just the computer putting out things, and it's eliminated humans. And it's like no, it's going to empower humans to do more. And again, I look at like photography. When photography came out, it was like, oh, my God, this is going to, like, change everything and put painters and put all these people, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it's sort of like it didn't do that. And it, everybody takes photos, but they don't consider themselves a photographer. And True. that's how this tool will be. <laughs> everybody will use AI. They will not suddenly consider themselves an artist. There will be people who take this tool and are able to get more out of it 
than the average person. And those people will be considered sort of artists. And that's how it's always been. And that's, there's going to be more tools like this to come out. Sure. What do you um, feel is the state of the current digital art movement, uh, the NFT world, crypto, Twitter, all of that? How do you, how do you see things going right now? <laughs> well, I think there's, there's a lot of different sort of layers there to unpack. You're a pretty vocal voice in the crypto Twitter world, and it seems to you seem to like move the needle on like the sentiment of things a lot of times with your posts. Yeah, I think it's something where um, it's very uh, it's very right now very splintered and I think because things are down it's very I don't know people are just in a bad place and sure. so everybody's picking at each other and I think you're going to see even more sort of like nuance in how people view this stuff and I think yeah. you're going to see people look at the art side of it versus the PFP side very differently um, and I think you're already starting to see that but I think it will become even more sort of like a parent and so and i think it will not all move in the same direction like right now all nfts are sort of like lumped together and it's sort of like board ape sure going down affects my stuff and it's sort of like yeah. you know, it doesn't really have like that much to do with it and so yeah i think it's it's tough to sort of like put too many sort of like generalities on it because I mean we just saw a big sale with the the goose and the the 3AC collection that was massive but at the same yeah. time right things are other things are not doing good sure um and so I think this was inevitable yeah. I was the dude who three days after the sale was saying this is a bubble <laughs> it just took a lot longer to sort of like it didn't burst. It just is deflating. Slowly deflated. Slowly deflating. Yeah, and I think, I um, yeah, I think people are going to need to sort of like come to more of like a baseline with this stuff that I think is more in line with reality and in line with other asset classes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's healthy. And I think it's going to get rid of a lot of garbage that was way, way overvalued. You have a pretty hardcore group of collectors. How do you uh, foster, maintain relationships with your collectors? Do you, um, what do you do? Yeah, it's definitely something where um, I feel like I could do better, to be honest. But I, I think it's sort of like building a community of people who sort of truly believe in this stuff yeah. and are in it for the long term. I think that's what, what people need to do. Because so much of it was people kind of, I hate to say it, LARPing as our collectors. Sure. And then as soon as the money went away, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, I don't give any fuck about this. And they right. convinced themselves that it was like, this is super interesting to me. And it's like, well, it was really only interesting because of the money. Right. And I think you're going to see those people exit the space and... To be honest, I don't think they're ever going to come back because I think as soon as the sh next shiny new crypto thing comes out, yeah. they're going to run to that because for 90% of their life, they didn't give any fuck about art. And 
they really only started to give a fuck about art as soon as money was involved. And so sure. it's like, were you interested in the art or were you just interested in the money? And so I think we'll see who the people are that were actually interested and here for the art. And unfortunately, I still think it is a fraction of the existing people who hold NFTs right now. So you think we're going to see more people leaving the space? You feel like that's happening? I unfortunately do. Because yeah. I still think a lot of people's a lot of people's interest in this was entirely predicated on money. And so I still don't think we've gotten all of those people out yet, to be honest. I had a conversation with you at one of your events where you um, you you said to me that you were intentionally keeping your supply low or you weren't putting out a lot of stuff like you, you were doing that very intentionally. Can you talk about your thinking behind that? And- yeah, I think it's one of these things where I'm, again, 20 years into this right. career already, which <laughs> is not the case for a lot of other people. They just started this two years ago, three years ago. Right. And so they don't have as much of a sort of legacy and sort of history and reputation sort of like uphold. And they're not thinking in a longer time frame because they've only been doing this a few years. Right. And so to me, it's sort of like, okay, how many pieces do I want out over the next 30 years of my sort of like career? And I think unfortunately there's a lot of people who put out 30 years worth of supply in two years and it just is not matching the demand and as soon as you have more supply than demand number go down (laughs) right that's it sure and i i this is something i will very much sort of credit the the people from the traditional art world were advising me, don't oversupply, don't oversupply, don't, because once it's out there, you can't take it back. And that's what I think people don't really realize. And they think, oh, well, come up with some burn mechanic or blah, blah, blah. You're not burning it. You're not removing supply. You're just transferring it to a different asset. And it needs to have just as much or more value in that new asset as the old one. Sure. And so that there's no magic trick to getting out of the supply. You have to come up with something even better that you're then transferring the supply to. And so uh, that's something we've been very careful not to do because it's it's just there's no going back from it. What are you working on? That's what a good question. Do, what are you guys doing here at <laughs> What are we working on? <laughs> um <sighs> Yeah, we've got a number of sort of like physical um, pieces that we're working on. Um, we've got a number of things with AI. When you say physical on. pieces, are you talking about those boxes? The boxes, like Human One. We've what do got, you call? What do you call this? What so is, those we are calling kinetic sculptures. Kinetic sculptures. Just this yeah. sort of like uh, sculpture that is moving, but also has digital content that sort of like changes. Yeah. And to me, I think there's a lot of sort of like room to play in that space that I think is something that really helps mentally connect the dots for people in the traditional art world. Got it. It's very easy for them to look at an NFT and be like, no, bullshit. But when they see this, it's meeting them halfway and it's using a design language that is, um, 
more uh, it's using a visual language that they're used to. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that has been really instrumental in helping people sort of like see that it's like, wait, this is like any other piece of art. And this is sort of like very much a, uh, you know, sort of <clears throat> just another way to express Sure. You know, artistic ideas. They're incredible. I, I've, you know, obviously I've seen them in your in your gallery here. They're they're stunning. <clears throat> I guess it's a lot of technology and coding and art that all goes into the building one of those. Yeah, it's definitely. There's a few pieces there. There's a few pieces. Does one of those physical pieces? Do they come with a corresponding NFT? Does it? Is that how that works? Or? Yeah, they all have sort of like NFTs uh, attached to them, and so that's a way that even when the physical sort of like piece is not being displayed, the NFT is still able to sort of like be displayed. And my understanding is that the NFT could change, and the physical content of the display on those boxes could change with it. Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. Both of them sort of like can change and sort of like human one is able to sort of like change and then the, the, the physical piece can change as well. And I think to me that's very interesting too because uh, the piece can change throughout the exhibition. And I think that's something that we've not really seen before in sort of like a museum space. Something is there and then like that's it. It's sort of like set yeah. in stone. And being able to change the piece and have it evolve over time is something that I think is really exciting and something I think you're going to see a lot more of in the future. I think this idea of art being dynamic yeah. and, uh, you know, changing, I think is really um, something that there's a lot of different ways to kind of like explore. And I, I, I mean, I guess I see you as the, one of the pioneers of that type of art I, I'm not aware of anybody else that's doing that are you do you know of any other artists that are doing anything similar to that um not really with like physical pieces I think we've seen some sort of like dynamic sort of like pieces with nfts but even that I think we're at the very very sort of like beginning of I think yeah. we'll look back at these pieces that were sort of like static as yeah you know, really sort of like early again, like I look at like a lot of websites, like we look at websites as being very dynamic now and things can change and sure. it's pulling information from this and da, 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 da. that's not how they were at first. It was just <laughs> right. an HTML page right. <laughs> that was just completely static. Here's the images on it. Here's yeah. the text. Nothing will ever change. It's not pulling information from anywhere. Right. And so that's where I think we're just at the absolute beginning of what can be done with this technology. Mike, you have a great team here at uh, Beeple Studios. I was going to ask you, are you hiring? Do you do hiring here? <laughs> um, and if so, for what? That I, that you'd have to ask Scott. He is very much the one running the team here. I'm, I'm sure there's people the, out there that are... I am just the idiot who shows up every day and tries to not get us all canceled. <laughs> My last question for you, and uh, I wanted to know why you chose Charleston uh, and... And since you're here, what can uh, local residents and artists look forward to you? And, uh, you know, what are we looking forward to is having you here in Charleston? Yeah, um, I think it's something where, well, my brother, so why I chose Charleston is I was living in Wisconsin and my brother was here down at, at Boeing. Mm -hmm. And so we um, uh, came down here just to sort of like be close to him like five, six years ago. Um, and then obviously when this NFT thing exploded, that's when we started sort of like working together. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think we're, we're just at the beginning of sort of being able to get, you know, people from the community sort of like engaged in this. But yeah, we're definitely going to be doing more things like that to sort of really kind of engage and sort of, you know, uh, educate people about sort of like digital art and bring people together to experience this sort of like new medium in a way that you just can't when you're sitting alone, you know, looking at your phone. I, uh, you have a lot of your family around you. I know, I know your brother's here helping you. One of my friends told me that when you had the last event, the guy helping him park was your dad. Your yeah. dad was the parking lot. At- <laughs> he, yeah, my whole family. My wife has an office here. Awesome. My mom, my dad. Um, and so it's definitely something where, um, you know, it, it's cool to have everybody sort of like be a part of this and like they've been insanely insanely supportive my entire career so right on. yeah it's it's really fun to have them be able to like experience this firsthand yeah that's incredible i think that's all my questions unless you have any alpha you want to let us have before we get off <laughs> i have no alpha unfortunately <laughs> thank you guys thank though. you so much mike for your time and uh having me here in your space i really thank appreciate you. I it appreciate that, thank you Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ledge. If you like this show, please listen and rate and review me in the podcast platform of your choice. Five stars and a little review goes a long way to helping me be more visible on uh, podcast platforms. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you again next week.